Step through the trees, come into the clearing, into the hollow, the spirits are cheering. We are here to learn, to share, and grow. So many mysteries there are to know. So join us here, no need to fear it, around the fire, sharing our spirit. Greetings and welcome to the Hazel Hollow podcast. Here on our podcast, we discuss and tackle the harder topics, the more ephemeral, that seems like the wrong word, ethereal, there we go. Those topics, the topics that maybe you can't ask questions about, or the ones that just don't make sense because no one's around to talk about them. My name is Quentin, and I am joined here by my fellow moderators, Katie and Safrax. Welcome. Uh, for those of you who can't see, I waved. <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing this for weeks, Katie. <laughs> but I'm waving at you guys. <laughs> For those who can't see at home, uh, I also live. Um, <laughs> today on our episode this week, we are talking about kitchen witchery. I hope I'm right. Uh, am I right? Is that right? Is that the right topic? You are okay. right. Make, making sure, making sure on the off chance that I hallucinated the last episode. Uh, no, not this <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, but before we dive into that, uh, what rabbit holes did we find ourselves down recently none okay that that doesn't uh, i guess not any specific at least for me the holiday season has kind of been uh i think the last two days i've laid on the couch and watched shows <laughs> so my rabbit holes have been animes plot holes i hate plot holes i hate them i hate them with a passion and yet we've watched three different animes all yeah. now yeah. are they like full sm like short series that end or are they just not explained at the time that you watch them yes like are you in season one and then like oh this plot hole from season one gets explained in like season four or something i was gonna say what are you talking about it's anime the plot holes don't get explained <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they do in uh... the good ones they do I was gonna say in the good ones. In the good ones. <laughs> but even the good ones, like for example, one of my favorite ones and what I would qualify as a good one would be Full Metal Alchemist. And there are plenty of pothole or plot potholes. <laughs> yes, there's potholes. <laughs> yes. Get the construction team to fix the potholes in yes, the anime. There, yes, there's there's plenty well, I mean, there were plenty of potholes in that anime anyway when they were driving. But yeah. <laughs> But no, plot holes bother me to, and then I, you know, have existential crisis, crises and questions, and I'm like, wait, 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 what if this happens? Or, you know, the headset just flies off, so I can't talk anymore. Hi. There, there's my um, annoyance for the last few days. Plot holes in anime. So not a rabbit hole, but a plot hole. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. You, you fell down a plot hole. Hey, Sounds if fun. a pothole is deep enough, it can be a rabbit hole. True. Yeah, but you gotta make sure that you're not digging that hole yourself. Mm. Yeah. I think we're getting existential here. Okay, next one! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Staff, how about you? What rabbit hole did you find yourself down recently? I happened to come across a video of somebody who 
who put a Furby on their Loki altar. <laughs> so, <laughs> I've seen so many people do this on TikTok. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, I now, have not. Now Loki wants a Furby, and A, I don't. B, I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got two. I'll send you one, Seth. <laughs> Please don't. I no. <laughs> That's too many shenanigans. <laughs> oh, actually, speak, speaking of videos on TikTok, technically speaking, I did get sucked down a, a, a rabbit hole uh, from one of the TikToks that Seth here uh, sent me um, about D and D. I know which one. <laughs> yes. So, um. Um, I don't know whether to talk about it or just share it with Quentin. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those. Sure I sent it to Quentin as well. Yes. So basically, it's the argument that um, about D and D that it it's kink because technically kink doesn't have to have any sexual connotation to it. And he talks in this TikTok about how you know. Usually we uh, start out with uh, establishing consent in a session zero, usually with a dungeon master called the dungeon master. We wear <laughs> special clothes to better enjoy our sessions. <clears throat> it's just, and usually we play characters or explore avenues that we don't normally do in our daily lives. <laughs> it just, I... I showed this to a couple of people who are D and D fanatics, including a DM who wants to get Aaron and I involved in a campaign. And uh, he's just like, "Well, I guess out of the two people that are standing here, we each tick three of these boxes. You know, one of us ticks four. And I was like, "Which one of us?" He points at me because I've worn <laughs> costumes to the session. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, oh, because <laughs> I think the first session I did, we were, we we're NPCs. So basically, we we're an NPC given, you know, the, the choice of like a character. Effectively, we still had, we were either going to die or there was always something that was going to happen to that character. But it gave the character a little bit more life rather than just oh, they're now over here, they're over here, you know, that kind of thing. And I wore my my cloak and my witch hat. I had, like, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that was my rabbit hole. Okay, Quentin, go ahead. <laughs> so I fell down a very short rabbit hole. Uh, more of a pothole, really. More of a pothole? Uh, okay. Yeah. Ironically, it's actually about our topic today, uh, kitchen witchery, and that it's actually shouldn't be called kitchen witchery, but kitchen oh. necromancy. Mm, because why? the all because of the ingredients the that we use were once alive <laughs> and when we transmute those ingredients such as our fruits and vegetables uh, our meats into food for us to actually eat we are using the life energy that is left in those ingredients to bring about nourishment for us and in a way that you can kind of draw like the uh, comparison to actually like, like in D and D, like the necromancer who draws life force from the undead or something. You know, draws life from death, and that's kind of what we do in in the kitchen. You know, be you a witch or not, like that is what you're doing. 
I wish I could um say no, I refuse. And I hate that you're right. <laughs> you're a kitchen necromancer, is what. Uh, no, <clears throat> no, I'm an alchemist. <laughs> I'm an alchemist. There, I, see, okay, so, so you know, can very nice intro to the topic. So, okay, kitchen witchery, kitchen necromancer, kitchen alchemist. Come on, come on, we're gonna make these a thing. They're classes of kitchen witches. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're archetypes. They're subclasses archetypes. of I'm kitchen witches. <laughs> if you use modern tools like a stand mixer, then you are a kitchen artificer. There you go. I, I'm having... Um, Someone's going next... to me saying that I said artificer wrong. <laughs> and the funny thing is that you didn't either. That no. is the proper way of saying it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a dumb way of saying it. The fact that the proper way sounds the wrong way. What's the yeah. proper way of saying it? Go ahead, Seth. Uh, some people say artificer. Oh, yeah. I don't hear that. Okay, I've heard artificer and artificer. So either the emphasis is either on the first syllable or the second. I've never, I've never heard it on the third before. I saw somebody. Okay, it's not about it, it's not about kitchen stuff, but it's about stones and crystals. And somebody says that we we say agate wrong. It's not agate. It's agate. That's wrong. It's agate. And I'm like, what? I was like really confused. For it's it's sense. the same as when you want to say antithesis, but you say antithesis. It's not. It's antithesis. I was gonna say it's, antithesis is what how you would try to like spell antithesis. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like trying to spell wed uh, Wednesday and saying Wednesday. <laughs> the one hey, that I, I always do is with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was always friends. I'd always have to go fry end to remember, and I still sometimes do that whenever I spell it, even though I don't have to say it anymore. When I do, I always go fry end or fry ends, <laughs> and then I keep writing. I do the same thing with together to get her. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why. I don't remember who taught me that, but every time I write it, it's like to get her. Oh, now you by doing that, you have reminded me of of a British joke because we have oh. these pub slash restaurants that are called weather spoons. And uh, a comedian that I follow on TikTok uh, saw a video of an American girl going to Greg's and calling it GR Eggs. And then made the joke that following that logic, Weatherspoons is wet her spoons. <laughs> That's funny. So I wanted to start our, our topic off with this uh, thing that I wrote. Uh, I'm not going to read it word for word, just kind of paraphrase it. If my two moderators don't mind. No, I, I mind horribly. Oh, well, that's too bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm the editor. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, Go oh, right oh, ahead, Quentin. Okay, okay. You want to play that game? Okay. Which means, Quentin, you can read it. We just don't know if it'll make it through the edit. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Go right ahead. No, I enjoyed this one the last time I read it. Well, like I said, I'm not going to uh, read it word for word. I'm just kind of paraphrase it because I wrote this down for another server that we met in. Essentially, kitchen witchery, like the way that we understand it now, has changed drastically 
over the course of uh, history. Going back to ancient times, we have, you know, we started out with the pot over the fire in the ground. And that was how we cooked things. You know, everything was, you know, pretty much stew or, you know, how the ancients did it. It was very primitive and very uh, set in their ways because, the, you know, t- technology has advanced so, so far. And I don't feel like I'm paraphrasing very well. <laughs> Maybe I should go to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> notes are all right. Notes are fine. Okay. Kitchen magic. Here we go. Okay. So when I wrote this thing, I was talking about the importance of cooking as a fundamental life skill for everybody, not just witches and pagans who find themselves attracted to that aspect of the craft. But because we're witches and pagans, we also have the, you know, we have the power over the food that we cook. You know, it is important to us to invoke the spirit of the ingredients that we are using, which I believe I had talked about uh, during my rabbit hole, you know, kitchen necromancy, as it were. Mm -hmm. We're familiar with the witch who's like has her cauldron and, you know, bubbling over the fire like in, uh, I think it's Macbeth or Hamlet. I always get those two mixed up. But basically the witches out on the moors who are, you know, chanting double, double, doyle, oil and trouble or whatever. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Double, double, toil and trouble. (laughs) I I knew what the rhyme was. I could not remember the actual wording for some reason. So there is that imagery that's there attached to kitchen witchery, I think. And as we move that ancient setting, we now have the modern setting where, you know, the hearth is no longer the cauldron and the fire, uh, you know, that's sitting on the ground. You know, now our hearth is our kitchens. It's, you know, the pots that we're cooking our soups in over the stove or reheating them in the microwave. You know, it doesn't have to be a literal flame anymore. It can be, you know, your fire is your stove. It's your oven. It's your slow cooker. It's your microwave. It's your, what are those? Your hot plates. Your hot plates. Ooh, can be your toaster. Your toaster. Oh my God, your toaster. I'd never put, like, thought of, like, the toaster, but definitely the toaster. Well, now they're combining the toaster with the air fryer with, like, something else now, and I'm just like... Any kitchen appliance, you know, your electric griddles, your waffle iron, all of those things, those count as your quote unquote hearth. You know, if we if we take it to like the core principle of the hearth, like those cooking appliances are all the hearth, you know, and then the cauldron. Eternally tired, your coffee maker is also a hearth. Yes, definitely. (laughs) That's your uh, kitchen alchemist alembic is what that is. Uh, using the big words all the <laughs> um, big words you know but our cauldrons now are our cooking uh vessels so you know the pots your pans your your plates your, your bowls all those things you know your wands are your utensils you know you know you channel your intention through your hands into your utensils and then into your food when you start looking at kitchen witchery through that lens, through a modern lens, it doesn't really matter like who you are, like where where you are, because you can al- almost always do kitchen magic like anywhere you are. You know, be you in an apartment, in a house, if you're a kid, an adult, if you're a student in a dorm room, all of those things, or any of those things rather. You can be a kitchen witch. Like, it's totally possible. It's totally in your power. 
to do that. You know, I've always wanted to make uh, a, one of those chocolate cakes in a mug in the microwave because mm -hmm. that seemed the most like witchcrafty thing to me. Like, oh, I'm not going to make a cake in the oven like a loser. I'm going to make <laughs> it in two minutes in a cup in the microwave. Take that science. <laughs> That's kind of the end of what I wrote, but I, I, I really liked it because I felt like it was a very succinct and encouraging way to encourage people to not discount themselves from thinking that they can't do magic in the kitchen because they don't know how to cook or they don't know how to bake or they can't boil water. You know, <laughs> most people who say they can't boil water, they can still operate a microwave and, you know, say make popcorn or make, you know, reheat last night's dinner or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you can operate a microwave, you can do kitchen magic. Like it's, it's possible. You can dodge a wrench. I, you can dodge a ball. Sorry. <laughs> I will throw a microwave at you. <laughs> if I can dodge the microwave, I can cook, right? <laughs> no, I think that's those. Yes, very succinct. Yes, I think that's a really nice lead into uh, what I wanted to get through in this episode was at least one thing. There are so many people that have talked to me and have told me that, like, well, I'm I'm in the broom closet. I can't. I can't do any of this. And this meaning obviously practice a craft, you know, light a candle, have a spell, whatever. And I I guess I didn't really understand how many people really don't have candles sometimes, like at their disposal. You think that would be like the easiest thing to have? Obviously everybody's different. But you don't even need candles to do a spell. I think there's a couple of bakers here in the server besides Quentin and I, <laughs> that's, um, and, and some very interesting food spreads I've seen in that hearth chat lately. By yes, the way, sure. Hazel Hollow, Discord server, shameless plug. And some suggestions that we had in our daily discussion. Yes. So it was definitely Nobody really- Nobody their coffee every morning, which is fun. Yeah. I, I found it interesting, like all the different spreads and things like that. And a couple of them were like, Wait, we can draw runes into our pie crust? You know, like for that discreet magic. If you're the one cooking and you can't have somebody else see what you're doing. I we think... Make, uh, we make homemade pizza every now and again. So yeah. When, when I put the sauce on, I usually draw an algae's rune. And then it gets spread out and nobody knows. Exactly. You know, I think that kitchen witchery is... I I read something earlier that it's... It's probably the easiest craft, but also the most difficult and the slowest sometimes because of long bake times or proving your dough or, you know, the, the specificity, specificity of time and recipes. But your yeast doesn't die. <laughs> or sometimes it's like just the basic knowledge of cooking. That's what I was saying. Mm -hmm. You know, people who believe they can't even boil water, they burn yeah. water. One Sometimes that can be fire. a challenge too. <laughs> yeah. But the then I guess, Quinton, what I would say to the people that are like that, I know it's weird to um, our friends across the pond that we microwave water instead of using a uh, kettle. Kettle? You know, the normal thing. I have two. I'm not a heathen. Okay, no. <laughs> um, hey, even, no. even heathens know how to have a kettle. Okay. <laughs> 
I I am a heathen. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I know that some people, you know, like the people that are worried about boiling things over or or not boiling or like can't boil water. They don't want a kettle because they're like, well, we I can't do that, even though it whistles and like lets you know stuff. But then you know they have the ability to microwave the water and then stir in their intentions. You know, just like um, our member who does you know enchants their coffee every morning. The simple thing of just stirring, you know, either, you know, putting intention in or, you know, taking um, or banishing something or whatever. I think I'm getting overwhelmed with so many thoughts in my brain. I can't, <laughs> I can't continue. <laughs> I'm just like, wait, I had a thought. I My train stopped. Next station. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think I'm way too passionate about this. Aaron's like, oh, this is right in your wheelhouse. I'm like, honey, I think this is my wheelhouse. Well, apparently not, because it keeps going past. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joke's man. on you, Katie. It's my wheelhouse. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I was just going to say, I know that I talked for uh, quite a bit in the, a bit earlier, but like, there are like some tips and tricks that like, I think we can share for our listeners who may be just starting in their kitchen witchery craft, or maybe this is their only way of uh, practicing and they happen to not know. But, you know, like, for example, uh, if you are out of just pure cinnamon for your uh, prosperity spells, you can just use either apple pie spice or pumpkin pie spice because of the cinnamon in there. And Lord, let's say you are doing a love spell and you again are out of cinnamon those two spices once again can be utilized because they have prosperity and i don't know what i would call it like love properties or attraction properties i'm not entirely certain the correspondence is to love and attraction those things can definitely be utilized so don't ever feel like you can't do something because you're like out of a certain spice you know that actually goes i think not just for kitchen witches but for anybody you know, turn to your kitchen, turn to your pantry. It, you know, even though you may not be a kitchen witch, you know, every, you have all your herbs in a separate place. It's okay to go to your spice cabinet and get, oh, I have apple pie spice. So I'll just use that instead. Or, oh, I'll just use my herbs to Provence or my five uh, Chinese five spice. Or I'll just use this spice blend instead for this purpose. You know, look into spice blends and what they have and what you can do with those things you know it doesn't always have to be the herbs you get from the metaphysical shop yeah you know, your 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 grocery store is as just a good a place to go get ingredients for spells and you don't, don't need the don't high... white sage <laughs> i was gonna say you don't need the high class like ten dollar bottle of cinnamon either you know you could go I mean, come on. I know, like, we've talked about this before in our social media spiritual episode thing, that TikTok hates poor witches, or witches on a budget. Uh, Dollar Tree? Dollar Tree! Yeah. Dollar stores in general have so many spices, and they pretty decent, like, size, spice, you know, jar, you know? I've seen yeah, like- this big before. Yeah, they're the same size that you can get at the grocery store, at a yeah. quote-unquote proper grocery store in the uk pop down to your local morrison's or tesco grab a 50 pence bottle of whatever spice you want yeah yeah like 
there are so many places that have the same as long as it's food grade i think you're you're in the yeah. safe zone yeah definitely make sure that you realize that that it, it that it is food grade because i know that with being an herbalistic i can't call myself an herbalist uh a herbalist in training i don't know whatever an aspiring herbalist i have my my own apothecary and i had to do a lot of research to get in there you know i i buy from a couple of different places but there are places online that you can find herbs but they are not food grade you know they're more for like the soaps the lotions and and those kinds of things which actually would be great for spells if you're not gonna like ingest it <laughs> but that's not kitchen witchery you're usually ingesting things <laughs> Oh, okay. I was about to say, like, isn't it possible that, like, soap making and perfume making or any of those things could also be considered kitchen witchery? Like, let's say you're, like, a hobbyist doing it. Like, you're not doing it to sell. You're doing it for yourself or for gifts for, fam for uh, friends and family. And you make it in your kitchen. Hmm. Couldn't that be kitchen witchery? I mean, I guess I, I would say yes. I don't think that kitchen witchery is, what is the word? I'm limited to just food. Um, I would say it's probably, yeah, actually, I, I kind of was just going online and I have a nice, lovely stack of books here, but I found an interesting source and something I really liked um, that it said, it says kitchen magic, however, doesn't end when the food is prepared. And I found that really interesting because like, for example, um, they say before eating, make sure in the proper mindset to receive it, setting those intentions and attuning yourself to your spiritual guides. And the act of creation will hopefully allow you to manifest your goals on a quicker, more accurate level. I don't necessarily specifically think that you do need to do that. It depends on your spell or what you're doing. But I, I find it really, really interesting that that's, you know, that's what they... I like the phrase that it doesn't end after the food is prepared. Because I, re I remember so much when I give people food or when they come over, I... <laughs> I joke about it, but it's completely and utterly true that if they leave my house sad or hungry, that I did something wrong. <laughs> you know, that either I didn't, you know, like what I made didn't, wasn't up to snuff, or one, they didn't eat enough, and that's, I don't know if that's their fault or my fault. Uh, probably mine. <laughs> or, you know, the idea of leaving my house and not feeling, you know, like, you're enveloped by one big hug. It doesn't always have to be physical, but you know, I've had a friend that I've sent cookies to that like for her birthday or for Christmas or something. She's like, Katie, I bit into this cookie and I could feel you hugging me. I'm like, <laughs> so I definitely believe that phrase that it doesn't end when it's prepared because that intention is still in there. And, you know, when you're packaging something, when you're putting something together, you know, even if you're taking, you know, like a simple thing of, well, we just did the holiday season, obviously, you know, a lot of families do a lot of potlucks, you know, a lot of bringing food to other people's houses. Lots of leftovers. Lots of leftovers. Really easy to, you know, reheat, you know, it, it, you know, put intention back in it or continue the intention that's already in it. And you really get that feeling of like that, that warm family gathering, you know, that like, okay, I'm good. Or you're like, yeah, I'm good to go with the new year. I'm feeling prosperous. You know, my headphones keep falling off my head. <laughs> I just want to like add on to there. It's important with that statement too, that you just uh, read from, you know, the, the magic does not end with the ending of the preparation. 
Because I feel like that also kind of means that you can do this with any food that you get. Let's say you order out, like you order a, a pizza or you order, you know, Chinese takeaway or something. And they're like, you know, many Christians or Catholics will like say a prayer or, you know, Japanese people, you know, they say their thing before they eat. I don't want to butcher it, so I'm not going to say it. You know, and they just say thank you for, for this, you know. And it, what is that if not stating your intention for what you're about to eat? That's, that's definitely true because the the little prayer that my my nephew says before he eats it's like thank you Jesus for our food and our many blessings amen you know it's a sing songy little thing but you know they set the intention of what you know the gratitude and the thanks is there it's cute yeah. he's he's gonna be four it's adorable when he's like <laughs> got his eyes like closed really tight and stuff yeah it's cute. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I would spend like 20 minutes like every day praying because I didn't know how to pray. And I would just, my understanding was to just, you ask for things. So okay. I would spend like 20 minutes like extra in bed being like, I want a limousine and I want a butler and I want this and I want that and I want this and I want that. And I would try to remember the list every time, but it would change every time. <laughs> Doesn't it surprise me? You want a butler? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't now. <laughs> okay, why not? Why does it? Why does it surprise you? You did. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> I wanted an fun? Alfred. I wanted an Alfred or or a Jarvis or uh, what's his name? And Richie Rich, uh, Cadbury. <laughs> or Joe from. Um... He's not a butler, though, but he, uh, I would want one of him from Princess Diaries. And have a Security. Demon butler. <laughs> this isn't an anime, okay? Is this an anime I need to see? <laughs> no more. No more. I'm done. Aaron's, Aaron's already making me... Okay, another one he's making me watch, which I actually am enjoying, is called Assassination Classroom. I've had it. It's actually it's actually pretty good. The whole premise of it is it's the you know it's a class for little kids who have not lived up to the school standards so they're in this special class in a different campus part of the campus and now the whole point is for them to kill their teacher. That's the entire point of the series. But as you as you watch it I'm just like this is good. Why? Why is this good? Okay, sorry. We're getting off the topic. This is not about anime. <laughs> I have to get sorry. to it. <laughs> Saf, do you have any like tips or tricks or anything for for pagans and witches that maybe they can utilize in their craft? I Having do, to do with the actually. kitchen. <laughs> you can incorporate color magic. Yes. One One element of color magic that I like to utilize is salt because okay. everyone everyone has heard of white salt and black salt maybe himalayan pink salt they mm -hmm. can all be used for different things but there are also different colors of salt like red blue orange and purple where you can add add herbs that are like that have those colors you can add food coloring and as long as the herbs that you have used are edible you can 
use that in your recipes and further embed your intentions. So ah. like red salt would be for passion and love. Mm -hmm. uh, orange would be for creativity. Stuff like that. I want to take rose and make some chicken dish with it. Okay. <laughs> I don't think rose and chicken might be very good. I don't know. I think it depends. I mean, I know I know rose. lavender and chicken is not bad. I I'd be interested. I'm always I I'm, I'm a huge fan of rose, but that's beside the point. <laughs> I like rose for everything. I just all the things. <laughs> One, it looks pretty in tea. Two, it is a very Okay, now rose water is a very dominating flavor, obviously, in, in cooking. But um dried roses in tea, um it's not necessarily a huge, crazy floral flavor if it's mixed with a bunch of other things. Um, so for example, one of my blends has like rose, hibiscus, earl grey, you know, a couple of different things. And what I love about it is I also have devil's claw in there. Um, if you're not familiar with Devil's Claw, it's, it's more of a root. It's a very bitter root. And apparently I learned that you can't have ulcers and have Devil's Claw. One of my customers actually told me that. She's like, oh, I can't have that. I'm like, how have you ever heard of this? It's actually on her medicine that she can't have this specific herb. So as you're doing these things and doing your research, make, she, make sure that you aren't doing these things, you know, against what doctors say. You know, th this isn't the cure-all, you know, this isn't, you know, the, the type of thing that you do without research. Check your medicine bottles, check whether the herbs you're using are edible. Correct. Safety. <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, making sure that you're not using too much of one herb, you know, because there's, there's some herbs that you can't use too much of, otherwise it's, it's bad. But um, as far as the rose goes in the, the tea that I made, is it mu- it- it balanced and blended all the flavors together. And it's my favorite tea because it's my signature blend. I love it. I would not make it without the rose. And it makes it really pretty. <laughs> I'd like to steer into topic based on what you just said. Simmer pots. Yes. I personally uh, despise simmer pots. And I think that they are, depending on the person, pretty wasteful hmm. like i said it depends on the person okay. some people might just be throwing together the freshest of ingredients to make their simmer pots and it's kind of not what it's for like it's like for your leftover stuff if i'm not mistaken like oh i have leftover orange peel i'll throw that in you know i'll throw in my leftover parsley stems you know throw that in or so on and so forth. Not to say that you can't mix in fresh ingredients. I'm just saying, like, for example, on TikTok, there's a lot of people who... Take a fresh orange and slice it. Yeah. It's, at that point, I think it's really for the aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you, I just want to say to our viewers, if you are the type of person to do this... Okay. Don't, don't let me stop you. Like, I'm not here to judge you. Like, that's just my opinion for, for, for me and what works best for me. So you do you. I'm not. I'm not trying to like tell anyone how to do their thing. For the broom closet, which is if you can't have an aesthetic simmer pot, bone broth is a simmer pot. There you go. And I was just about to say it uh, along those lines. Would like soup is. 
yeah, exactly. No, what I specifically wanted to say was, uh, couldn't, like, couldn't you use that simmer pot for, like, like cooking your chicken? Like, you remove all the solids, and you make your simmer broth, however you want to refer to it. Couldn't you, like, cook your food in that? Because that all you have all you have this big pot of liquid intention and magic essentially. So okay, to answer your question, I've seen a couple of things. Or okay, I have thoughts. <laughs> Go ahead. Please. Uh, please, please. <laughs> okay, so I get why people would do the fresh oranges. Um, I do completely agree with you on the fact that I feel it's a bit wasteful. But usually, the people who do that will dry them out and make them like. Um, potpourri for later or intention work for later so then they do save them now those are the people that are not in it for the aesthetic obviously <laughs> what i do is in in my line of home baking i'm always zesting lemons i'm always zesting oranges limes whatever and i have gotten to the point that i have seen how wasteful it is and especially now getting into the path that i am getting into i'm like i'm I, I was throwing away so many eggshells. I was throwing away so many, you know, oranges. So, like, after I've juiced them, after whatever. And I'm just like, I need to Juice figure out spell. how not. What? This is a spell. Yes. So now what I do is after, if I don't use, like, let's say I just need the orange zest and I have no use for the fruit on the inside. Sometimes I eat it. <laughs> Other times I will cut it up and I'll put it in a simmer pot and then I have um dried it and now I have it on my table for and it smells really good <laughs> <laughs> so like I have that and I've I've done for prosperity I've done for strength my house um smelt like fall for like two months because of how much cinnamon allspice oranges lemons whatever I decided to boil on the stove I, I will have to say that some people specifically say that you have to use moon water for these kinds of things. And I'm just like, I don't. It comes from the tap. <laughs> I would say you can use moon water. And then some people will, um, you know, like what Quentin, you had asked, you know, can it be like used in cooking? I've seen anybody use. Sorry. Being outside <laughs> comes with a lot of outside noise. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> It's like, I'm this sorry. is a warning. This is a warning. <laughs> Katie is wrong. Okay. Um, uh, my apologies to our listeners. You're good. Ignore You're good. the car alarm. <laughs> but I, I would say that some people, and I've thought about this myself, um, to turn it into a tea and just drink it. I have not, because what I've done is I've left it to the point that it's gotten down to nothing, and I just strained it and then put it on a baking sheet for it to just dry. But I have heard and I have researched some where, yeah, why not turn it into, like, a broth or, you know, the base of something that you're going to cook. Or save it for later. Put in that cool mason jar, you know. As witches, we all have mason jars that are going un unused. I mean, even if you don't have a mason jar, you probably have a cool little bottle, like, for, like, olive oil or something. Come on, we're all, we're all jar gremlins. Yeah. I was, I was about to say, like, we probably have, like, the leftover jars from the jelly, from, from like, peanut butter and jelly jars. We've just got those randomly hanging around, because I might need a jar for something. 
I, I might need a jar. I don't know what size it should be, but I'll probably need it. Yeah, I might need a jar. <laughs> I'm actually turning this tr turning this into a dice jail. I'm drawing bars <laughs> on it. <laughs> I buy the better than bouillon bottles or jars of uh, bouillon base. Yeah, because I I don't like to use the powder. I'm not sure why. I just because don't. just because. Uh, and I actually have a jar that I've saved that I'll hold bacon grease in. Oh, yeah. That way I have a place to put the bacon grease. And yeah. I can store that in the fridge until I need some bacon grease. I've seen my... I think it's my... I think it's my father-in-law, actually, of all people. He stores his bacon grease in, like, a, like, like a can. You know, like, whatever, uh -huh. like, a baked beans can. It's just, yep. like... Like... Not just some can. He's got just, some can. Honestly, with that house, they probably have a lot of things. Yeah. We won't talk about that. That's an entirely different <laughs> subject, not for this podcast. But like, having a can is fine, too, you know? Just you put all of your... Especially if you're the type of person, you mix your animal fats. Like, you mix your bacon and your sausage and your pork fat and all of that together. Very like, nice. You need you're a, a designated... Thank you. Uh, you need that space to put it because you want to use it again at some point i have a question at least yes oh i'm sorry if you have a thought continue no the thought the train has left the station please go ahead okay before you ask your question okay. about the moon water yes oh okay yeah i've heard so many people saying about moon water that you need to use fresh rain water nothing from the tap there's like a if you want it to be drinkable afterwards, probably not the best call. B, what if you live somewhere where there hasn't been rain for however many weeks? I don't mm -hmm. think you want just rainwater sitting around waiting for the next uh, moon phase. You just go find right. a barrel. <laughs> yes, a, a rusty old barrel. Yeah. Very, very safe, very drinkable. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh, no just use tap water it's fine and it's if you're really enough. if you're really sensitive about it use a filtered water or boil yeah. it honestly yeah if, if you're yeah. really worried about it boil it stir your intention into the boiling water that's what they do to make holy water they just pray over it and boil it to kill all the germs in there you we've They're all just... heard the joke how do they make holy water? They boil the hell out of it. <laughs> Very old dad joke. We've Huzzah. all heard it. Yeah, keep, keep your moon water uh, safe. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't jump over so many hurdles that it's uh, not safe to drink anymore. Yeah, I mean, I think there's also, a difference between... Oh. Well, I was just going to say, like, I uh, relocated to like the LA area. It is not clean rainwater. That water is not clean, nor is it drinkable. Do not use rainwater if you live in LA, if you want to drink it. Don't do that. It's gross. I think with this whole with this whole episode, making sure that you are doing your research, making sure you're being smart, making sure not not to say any of you listeners are dumb, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> but making sure that you you were doing the research and you know what is able to be ingested, 
what it, how it's going to affect other things because there's some herbs that you can't put with other herbs. You know, uh, there's just some things like that. And we can't tell you everything in this podcast. That's not the point of this. You know, we're here to let you know to be intelligent. Um, <laughs> we are here uh, to, to give you to some tips. safe practices. Yes. We are encouraging safe practices. And that's yeah. one of our... I, I want to say credos or edict or some fancy word like that, but it's no, one no, of our I think rules. that's good. I think that's good. One of our <laughs> Okay, so my question. I got, I got really frustrated searching for kitchen witchery books because, um, to be honest, there are not many, like, actual, like, titled, like, this is about kitchen witchery. Even if you, you know, do the old standby of Google or Pinterest, you know, you come up with that um, that metal, like, hanging that's got the cauldron the in the middle plaque. and then the... What? The plaque. Yeah, the that thingy. The, the plaque of, like, herbs and their correspondences. And I'm like, that's it? That's all we got? Okay, fine. <laughs> it's kind of like that ticket. It's like, you want to buy it? Okay, fine. This is me when I'm trying to find <laughs> resources. <laughs> you got kitchen witchery? No. Okay, fine. Damn it. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I guess for me being the person that I am, I'm always looking for herbalism books because there's a lot of those which can correlate into your kitchen witchery. And one of my favorite books is probably uh, Scott Cunningham. Classic. And I, yes. Wicca in the Kitchen. And then Wallace's his herbalism book. They are both fantastic sources, especially if you want to learn and understand what, you know, each herb or each you know flower vegetables you know those kinds of things i actually it was funny because uh aaron and i were cooking he, i actually let him cook in my kitchen surprisingly enough we were also dancing in the kitchen because we had like we told google to put on a cooking mix and you know their their cooking mix music was smooth jazz nice <laughs> i was like okay sure why not we had a couple of Frank Sinatra songs and then just random jazz music. I was like, okay, fine. This works. Smooth jazz for your smooth jam. Yeah, right. But we, I had him go get one of my books. And I'm like, oh, go look up the properties of peppers. He's like, Pepper, peppers have properties? <laughs> I was like, yes, honey. Peppers have magical properties. Go look at what they are. Everything has a magical property if you know where to find it. Yeah, it's like if you know where to find it. I just want to qu say a quick disclaimer about Scott Cunningham. He's a very prolific and reputable writer in our community. Uh, but for our dear listeners, don't take his word as gospel. Even he, as great a writer as he has, had his limits, had his perspectives, and yeah. had his biases. Um, and that Perfect. goes with any author. So, so just keep in mind that not all the information in there is... I, I want to avoid gospel. saying, like, good. Gospel. Um, Take, take what he's written with a grain of salt. And I think that's like, true about every book. For sure. But the one thing I wanted to specifically say is that in his herbalism book, he says that you can substitute any herb for rosemary. And oh, is that who it, says it? Yeah, it's, it's got kind of... Oh. He says that straight in, like, I think, I don't know if it's in the very front or the very back of his book, but he does. he's the one that says it. And, and that's not true. latched onto it. Yes. And I just kind of want to say, if you think that rosemary can be substituted for any herb that you got, you can technically substitute anything with what you got. 
I hope that makes sense. So don't um, do that. <laughs> well, if you decide that you're going to use rosemary, for example, instead of, say, cinnamon in your prosperity workings, you may, get not, you may not get the result that you're hoping for. Yeah. The yes, idea... The idea is to research and not taking one, which is why when I went through all these different sources and I was trying to find one or trying to find a couple, because I have a lot of books now and um, now it's just me going through them and seeing what each book says, but definitely, you know, making sure that you have a lot of different sources. My question, because in these sources, especially the ones I have two that specifically say they're kitchen witchery and both of them. And most of the sources I, you know, find online, obviously, are they all credible? Some of the information. And um, then I cross-reference with some other stuff. But they all start out with, hey, let's build your kitchen altar. You don't need an altar. Especially if you're uh, in the broom closet, you don't need an altar. It doesn't matter what the context is. So we're going to kind of wrap up this episode and we're going to do a part two of sorts coming up. We're going to start off with the, the altars question and talking about it. Until next time, uh, remember, I am bold, I am strong, I will find where I belong. Blessings. <laughs>